Okay, this is the Chico Podcast, episode three. three. Here's the theme song. Chico. 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 Wow, that was nice. That was a change. It's wasn't not it? over yet. Chico. All right. Jeez. I always, I come in too soon. I forget that last one. <laughs> you got to let the art, you know, happen. It's got to breathe. Got to breathe a little. Just want to go, oh, I'm like that guy at the symphony orchestra who applauds too soon. <laughs> Just right before that last uh, violin. He's like, da-da. <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I've learned you got to wait till the conductor turns around. <laughs> then they must be done. <laughs> this is the Chico podcast. Uh, it is a weekly podcast where we talk about being an independent mid-tier improv group trying to figure out that's generous how, <laughs> how to be better how to get more shows what improv is getting to the the depths of finding of the game souls yes did you guys get your games. mid-tier card i, I did you get that? Okay, <laughs> we're in uh, congratulations we're in the mid-tier yep. <laughs> nice to move our way up in the guild yeah <laughs> striving for mediocrity <laughs> Uh, with us this week is Tim Hannafin. Hello. A regular performer and current uh, temporary host. Current temporary host. Wow. There yes. you go. Take that credit and put it on your resume. <laughs> yeah. Of the jam on Thursdays. Uh, and uh, we'll be talking to him in depth more in a moment. But we're going to check in about. And the I feel Chico he's going to be lobbing to... stuff in in the meantime. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. Feel free. Um, so the past week we've had a couple shows so far. Two, two shows so far. We did a show on Friday, which was a another cage match up against another improv group. They were very tight, uh, quick scenes, and um, victorious. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we went for a form based on Brian Eno's oblique strategies, a series of esoteric prompts for avant-garde artists because that plays well on the 10 minute set <laughs> and um i i the audience actually it went well enjoyed it for the most part it was it was clunky a little bit some, anyway. some technical uh aspects but were it, uh were reviewed there but we fixed them for sunday but anyway so on friday it's uh the cage match for those who don't know it's two teams uh they each at improv boston they each get two 10 minute sets so we did rock, paper, scissors to see who would go first. We won. We chose go fir- to go first. And we tried this new form that we had rehearsed for two minutes, literally two <laughs> minutes the night before, because that's how dedicated we are. That's how mid-tier we are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's what you do. If you're at bottom tier, you wouldn't have rehearsed at all. <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty close. Right. We just we would open an envelope just before we go on stage. Actually, if you were it. if you're a bottom tier, you would have rehearsed like six hours the night before. <laughs> right. <laughs> you rehearse less the higher your tier. So right. there were there were three of us. And, uh, you know, we did all right. It was a little embarrassing. It wasn't our best show by that we've done lately. The and most we, embarrassing thing we did was we came up with this really artsy, heady, high-concept idea. <laughs> and then you do two 10-minute sets. And we handed out all these cards to people. And we're like, we're going to point to you and you give us these prompts. Then we didn't do it in the second, the second half. half. <laughs> we didn't tell anybody we weren't doing it. In the second half. <laughs> and uh, everyone was confused and disappointed, which is always the best way to leave an audience. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I left most of my girlfriends too. So yeah, so I'm good at that. It wasn't the worst show in the world. Definitely wasn't the best. No, we had a couple of our former instructors in the in the uh, audience though, so I felt like we let them down a little bit. Although, if you're gonna have all these instructors in the audience, you should do a bad show to get some good notes <laughs> for free. And we did. It's like having seven coaches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that that uh, it went well enough that we tried it again on Sunday, which went a lot better. A lot better. We felt pretty good about it a 25 minute set for this thing that we had done in total 12 minutes before and it actually went uh we got a lot of good feedback from it we thought it was funny we got some laughs uh i gave it a solid b sort of a a minus for the form and sort of maybe a b minus or so for the performance yeah the form's got promise yes um i'd like to do it again so do you know who brian eno is Tim? I uh, actually saw the uh, the cards. Oh, you did! I Excellent. Got a, got a peek at the deck. Yeah, so there's interesting stuff in there. They're they're vague. The suggestions are so the, 
this form is not unlike uh, film genres or emotional stakes where you stop a scene in the middle and you throw in a new input that they have to, uh, that the performers have to incorporate. But these suggestions are all uh, very random and vague, like... Um, oh, I've got my app here. Embrace the inconsistencies. Yes. Uh, oh, uh, make Take everything uh, vague and make it detailed or something like right. that. I like there was one that was uh, become a caterpillar or make it, make it like a caterpillar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Luckily, that one didn't come up in the performance. But, <laughs> but you see, they're so weird that you can do them a lot of different ways. Like we had resist the change showed up last night. And originally the, the scene, it was actually the three of us in the scene. Um, there wasn't any real change to resist up until that point in the scene. So we basically turned it into oh, you gave me a 20 for the pizza. It was only 12 bucks. And don't you dare give that back to me. <laughs> and so, so very literal and hacky. But And some of the other ones were actually much more interesting. Yeah, well, there was one. Uh, it's, it was close the, close the door and, talk, and speak from the outside or something like right. that. So I, I literally closed the door and spoke from the outside because it, it made sense in the scene. I was sort mm -hmm. of this sheepish... Um, person that was fawning over Jeff, who was playing another character. And uh, so we were talking from the inside. And then he said, just just get out of there. And and so I like completely left the stage and like, because I was Back the theater. very submissive as a, as a character. Uh, but then he got uh, Make It Dirty, make it which dirty. is probably the best <laughs> card. That... And he just stood there for a little while. Like, yeah. Neither one of you said anything, right. and it was great because the audience <laughs> would just, just started laughing at that, just waiting, right. laughing in anticipation for what was coming. It's one of those moments where you just rely on their imagination. Exactly. You know, it's what All the dirty stuff they can think of is so much better than what you can legally do on stage <laughs> in Improv Boston. And uh, so, <laughs> you're right. Uh, so, so to that end, like we used the back of the theater, we used the top, like I climbed to the top of the backstop. Uh, we went through the window, we were playing with the curtains. So we were really trying to break the stage, break the, the fourth wall, like just get off the stage somewhat. And I think the cards actually helped that because I saw it like, again, it's a Sunday night jam. So we know a lot of the people there. But they had the cards ready, holding in both hands, sort of leaning forward, like "call on me, call on me," and they were they were really engaged in the uh, uh, in the performance. I think more so than if they were just sitting back and we did twenty five minutes that had no interaction necessarily. Well, they're fun with them. prompts because you know you get to fuck with the with the stage with right. the people on the stage because it's they're very they weird. make no sense. Yeah, so yeah. it's like yeah, let's see what they can do with this, and then. Uh, and then hopefully we do well. It always turns out well, even if you get if screwed up, it, you get stumped, it's funny it doesn't matter. because yeah, it's <laughs> we, there was a time when we were definitely standing there for about five seconds, which seems like a really long time, and they just started laughing because <laughs> none of us had any idea of how to actually I don't incorporate what that, that. Was but I remember that moment. Yeah, we we're just like, <laughs> okay, <How's that? laughs> and, and they all laughed, and I'm like, okay, that worked. I think Make we, them I, laugh I, by doing nothing. I think I think we just swept right after that. To be honest with you, <laughs> heard a big laugh and just walked. So that was good. Um, so if you'd like to read more about Oblique Strategies, the form, you can go to ChicoImprov.com where we've been posting all these things. Right. We've got a bit about that. Uh, I can recommend an Android app. Um, it's Oblique Strategies. Uh, there's a couple of things that will come up. Did you have – no, you don't have an iPhone. That's what I uh, do not, but it works on my Android as well, so I have an app down here. The link for that is also on ChicoImprov.com. I incorporated it into the description of the form. Go so figure. The oblique strategy. Oh my god. It, yeah, you're not going to be able to give that to him. Why? It's long, isn't it? It's like this. No, it's weird... just called oblique strategy. Oh, here we go. The oblique strategy is by a developer called Free Lunch. Because there's a couple of them, but some of them are, have these ads all over them, or they're can you impossible just to use. Describe the QR code link. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. So, black square, white square, white square, black square. You got it so far. All right. Wow. White square, green square. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, I there's I've seen QR codes where because you don't actually need all the data of a QR QR code, there's like an image in the bottom. Yeah, get all cutesy on you. Uh, all right, so we have with us Tim Hannafin, uh, member QR of Disco code Basement. Expert. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, if you if you want. <laughs> um, he's here. He's going to describe all of his favorite, well, his top ten QR codes. Uh, and we're going to see if we disagree. Um, so feel free to uh, you know hop in the forums. Yes, <laughs> we brought four. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say the Vecna Technologies <laughs> recruitment ad on the red line. Best QR code I've seen. What is it? This year. Yeah? Yeah. Amazing. It goes black square, white square, black square, black square, white square. Right. You see, so yeah. there, sometimes people are afraid to do something like that. No, and, they and really went important. out on a limb and it paid off for them. Take a risk, you know, and sometimes it pays off. So uh, Tim, and on top of being the one of the foremost Boston improvising Look for his TED QR talk code soon. specialists, is also a member of Disco Basement, which uh, Russ and Skim from last week uh, are also members of. And did, his, did you listen to that? I did listen to it. Oh, okay. And he is the owner of the Disco Basement. I am. The, the actual basement, which is, he's not the owner of the improv team. Well, <laughs> part, part owner. I'm, uh, uh, I hold a one-ninth stake. Yeah, what's yeah. that worth? these days it's uh it's it's highly it's, fluctuation it's only a three out of five quality though right. so. yeah there's a small <laughs> yeah. scuff mark on the corner of the box <laughs> um and uh what so you're also in wikiprov which is a disco basement thing right or, yeah that is our current uh working format that's a form you're basement. doing and like i said before he's currently hosting the jam on thursdays with russ sickinger so mm-hmm. check him out there and I also perform regularly in Harold Knight Top Shelf with Rich Uncle. Nice. Cool. That was a very nice form you guys did the other day. Last yeah, week. that was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. It was a... Um, Why don't you describe to us? It was sort of a long form twist on the short form game Growing and Shrinking Machine. So if you've never seen that before, it's um, uh, uh, one person starts a scene by themselves and then another person walks out. And as soon as they join them, it, a new scene begins, and a third person can come out. It has nothing to do with the first scene. Right. But it's based right. on the physical position of people, right? Or uh, In the short form percent? version, it's typically you take the whatever physicality is going on and make a new scene off of that. But the way we were doing it, you just sort of take the, the previous scene as like a prompt. So mm-hmm. you can do whatever you want based off of it. Um, so another person comes out, you had now have three people. It's a totally new scene. Another person comes out four people, totally new scene. Uh, when you have the four people, if that's all you have, fourth person leaves, it goes back to the three person scene. Third person leaves, goes back to the two person scene. So on down the line, um, the way we were doing it is you can go, you can add people and subtract people as you go along. So you can go all the way up to seven people, subtract back down to five and then go back up to seven again. And as you're going down and back up again, you start new scenes all over again. So I, I, maybe I was wrong. I thought when you guys were going down, you kept the same scenes that, right. that came in. Well, but when the, you were going up, you were branching off into new... The amount of people was the scene regardless of which cast members, right? Right. Was that right. Yeah. Yep. So uh, if the two of you were in a scene, I came on, it becomes a three-person scene, then one of you leaves... It goes back to the original two-person scene, but with the with two remaining people. people being in that scene with the the person who was in it previously now gone. Right, and typically in the short form version, the same people, you know, the, the same. Leave. Yeah, one you maintain person comes the order. On, then another person adds, and another person, another person, and then they leave in the same order backwards. Right. So that was your twist. Is yeah, it was a lot of fun. You get to take over other people's characters as you go back down as people leave. So you were you were taking over characters? Is that? Uh, yeah, that was the way we practiced it. It wasn't the way it didn't come across quite totally, like that hundred yeah, percent. Although a couple times, yeah, were... um, it worked out that way a few times in the show. But the way we practiced it was that you would take over characters. Okay. And, and, and am I right that when you when you shrank, you kept the same previous, and but you could grow in a different way because that's yeah, what it that's exactly like right. To me, yep. right. Yeah. Huh. So you they were sort of branching off the new realities, as it were. When but going backwards, always what came before. Going forward, you can choose whatever you wanted. And a, I'm assuming you can go back to that forward one again, right. the previous forward one, if you wanted to. Yeah, it was sort of like um, like you're going down a path and you're, you're just choosing different branches and at any point you can backtrack down where you came and then go off on a different branch. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun to watch. It's, it, 
like it was chaotic and in, in, in a good way, in a in a very entertaining way. Was it, it was like those constant callbacks. It was like it was producing these callbacks that had to happen, but there were, there were real scenes coming out of it. And during the short form exercise, it's really kind of just about the amount of people on stage, and it's a short form, so you don't have a lot of opportunity to build up yeah, relationships uh, and stuff. It really, it always sort of results in, isn't it wacky? We have eight people on here now. Right. And yeah. four people's always YMCA. <laughs> <laughs> it's too true. <laughs> um, so for them, it was four people with their hand on the car. First person to let their hand off the truck wins. Last person to let their hand off the truck wins the truck. Which later transformed into a uh, an Elantra, I think it was. It, it did. Yeah. It did, and no one wanted to put their hand on the truck. No one. Wa- no one wanted it. No one wants an Elantra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think. Did we we? Oh, oh, forget it. I called. Back, yes, we did. I called back the Elantra. You on, did on Sunday. I yeah, think. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It, it was either Big Friday or in that I know. <laughs> <laughs> In my head, like all the improv had been mushed up in my brain, <laughs> and I was calling back, and everyone was gonna get it. And I said it with like a pause, like I was just expecting everyone <laughs> to start laughing. And then I realized I was calling back something from a completely different improv show. <laughs> you guys remember last week? <laughs> you're here every night, right? And it wasn't <laughs> us either doing it, so I'm There's calling one guy. <laughs> one guy. TJ yeah. and Dave did this thing once. Hey, but you know what? You made that guy's night. Yeah. This guy with a lot of plastic bags <laughs> sleeping in the back row. The improv, improv lifer. Hey, I'd take that Elantra, man. It's going to pay off someday. <laughs> So now, were you guys asked to do a different type of form for for that uh, venue, or did you guys just choose to? Uh, the way that the top shelf show is structured now is that it's um, it's a herald, and then the middle slot is uh, an ex- they call it the experimental slot. So it's um, so far it's been one of the the resident top shelf teams doing some sort of long form that isn't a herald and mm-hmm. then there's a, a th- third set of a herald after that um but i'm actually in it again this week coming with um my old herald team the rack we're doing a reunion show in that slot which should be a lot cool. of fun nice and what form might you be doing Have we you are decided? doing a herald, a herald. there you go Taking nice. it back. yeah <laughs> old school we haven't done a herald in a long time like an actual herald Right. Yeah, I've been thinking of going back to like a 402 class just to just to experience the Herald, just to get a hit, man. Yeah, it's um I have to say it has grown on me a lot um over the past year that uh I've been on the Herald Night cast. Uh when I was initially cast, I was just like a uh, Herald cuz I had gone through the classes and it stressed so hard in the curriculum. Yeah. And I I guess i just kind of burned out on it i'm not sure why i I wasn't thrilled but um i just i started doing it as a cast member and it really just it started to click with me yeah and um that i love it now i don't i couldn't see myself doing anything else it it seems odd that it a lot of people have that like that's their experience with the herald they they get that get in the class you do it for two levels and you just hate it and then you do improv for a while and you and you're like you come back to it and and it's like oh yeah this this is nice isn't it and i i wonder if that's good that like that you take it at that point and then later you can realize that that there is something to it after you've been kind of a rebel and you're like fuck that del close is just a coke addict he didn't know (laughs) what he's talking about and then later on be like he was a genius oh my god Uh, yeah it's um i mean the the good and the bad of it is that it's so rigidly structured. Um, it's it's great. It's a great learning tool because you can. The structure is always there to fall back on. Um, right. You always have the the theme is stressed really hard in the curriculum, and you, if you have a strong theme, you just fall back on that. You fall back on your beats and your your group games. You have your the standard set of group games that they teach you. You can fall back on those. Yeah. And, which uh, group game do you hate? What <laughs> opening do you hate? Do you, uh, or, or, and which do you love? Let's be positive too. 
Um, I don't, I wouldn't say that I hate any opening. Uh, when I first learned it, I know Russ talked about this. The invocation just seems right. really bizarre and, <laughs> yeah. and esoteric. Because and, it's like, taught for like an hour yeah. in, in, in a weird way, and that's done. But uh, we did it as the Rax opening for probably a good four months, four or five months. And um, after about uh, probably the first month and a half, I, I began to realize that it just it generates so many ideas when you get to the um uh so the structure is it is you are thou art i am and talking um, about an object right so the first the first section of it you're uh describing the object in the third person if it's a shoe you're saying it is beat up and old and stinky and then the second part of it is you're talking to the object and you're saying uh you have been kicked around all your life. And then the third part is thou art. Um, so you, you kind of take the object and you extend it into something else. And you're like, thou art the stinky kid in school who knew and wanted to sit with at the lunch table. And then the fourth part is you say, I am. And you kind of extend it into a, like a general theme. So you're like, I am rejection. Um, but when you you do it enough times, you start to realize that that you are and thou art part, every single one of the things that comes out of that is a scene. Yeah. So thou art the stinky kid no one wants to sit with at lunch. That's a scene. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just jump right into it. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, so that, that, uh, that became one of my favorite structured openings. Uh, most of the teams do... Um, an organic opening. So they get their, their get and then just sort of also known as an aimless. Opening. Do whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean the, the organic openings where a game is created on the spot, I think work really well. Mm -hmm. Those are ones that I've seen right. that, that seem that amazing. Are enter entertaining. That's as well. like that improv magic of like, Oh, they're doing a game. What game is that? And then you realize that it's just, Oh, they, they just came up with that because the person, first person stepped out in a weird way and the second person stepped up in relation to that or something. That Yeah, that's always a very strong start to a, an organic opening or I think when everybody just starts doing the exact same thing at the same time. Yeah. That's always leads to something really strong as well. My, my least favorite, uh, and there's a reason for it, is Rooms and Hallways. <laughs> Because do you know rooms and hallways? I do know rooms and hallways. So uh, someone else should probably explain rooms and hallways, but I'll explain why I hate it first. Sure. Um, I missed that class, <laughs> and so I came into the next class. Everyone having learned rooms and hallways, and and we were just doing straight up heralds. We were doing like three heralds in a row that night, and that was it. And so I got called out in the first group, and everyone just started launching into rooms and hallways. And I didn't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt lost and I didn't think it was funny. And I, I still don't really like it, honestly. But um, I've seen it be funny. I understand it better now. Yeah, I've seen it be funny with very seasoned improvisers who I feel like could just pull it off anywhere. So if someone else has a good explanation of rooms and hallways, that would be. Well, my impression. Rooms and hallways. So there's. Uh, just what they sound in each room, something's happening. It's not a real scene. It's not a full scene. It's just something happening. Fireworks going off, everyone ooing and eyeing at the fireworks. And that goes on for a little while until you find a hallway. You find someone sort of walks out of that scene with some sort of physicality, some sort of noise, some sort of, uh, idea and moves in and we all replicate that sound, that movement, what have you, as we move into a new room, which instead of fireworks, maybe we're all around a campfire and we're just all really cold. And then it moves on from there uh, through the hallways. And the idea is that the rooms and the hallways, like freedom, power, responsibility, ideally at some point in time, create somewhat of a theme, right. something you can pull from it as a theme. Um, it's challenging. It's challenging to do. Um Unless you're, again, as you said, a very skilled improviser and you can go without, especially without planning it, like just. It is, it's very similar to an organic opening to 
Right. If you didn't know the difference and you looked at both of them, they would seem very similar. Except you'd have this middle part where people are going, yeah, and moving like snakes and for no reason. Well, I found or, when I've seen really good people do it and it's looked good, there, or rather, when everyone else does it, it's a lot of noises. It's right. It's a lot of people sort of clapping or making ape noises or something, and then monkey problem. following, uh, sort of following a noise into the next room. And that's right. sort of the hallway to the next or door. Or flinging poop. Or flinging poop. If yeah. you're going to be a monkey, <laughs> poop's going to get flung. Ape, ape, ape. Uh, <laughs> it is ape law. <laughs> so now after these past two podcasts, I feel I feel we should play with the invocation a little bit. There's something there for us. Yeah. I still do not feel like we need to do the rooms and hallways. Right. So w- when I've seen the rooms and hallways done really well, it's it's talking and you can, it's only if you know what rooms and hallways is that you right. can tell that's what's right. it's happening. It's not grunting. It's not, Ooh, uh, it's, it's a, a series of conversations. Right. And then someone will take that conversation, basically walk into the next room with that, that like pulling a tiny thread of theme out and pushing it into another scene that has nothing to do with right. that. So those but conversations aren't about uh, establishing relationships or even emotion in some cases. They're just sort of, it's a conversation you're, you're doing. So it's not a full scene. It's not anything along those lines. But um, yeah, it's, so it's almost like monologues mm-hmm. to a certain extent. But they're I was going to say it's kind of like a series of living rooms. It's like living in yeah. a building where all there is is living rooms and hallways in between. <laughs> 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 like a hospital <laughs> like a very comfy hospital yeah. yeah like oh like the hospice area of a hospital where everyone's just those about are dying to die. dying rooms yeah no, those, those, are, usually, those <laughs> are not living rooms but they're usually well furnished you know to make them <laughs> feel comfortable and there's always that one cat that sits by and says this is the next one to die why do they let that cat in i don't know yeah maybe <laughs> I would that's be, the one killing them i would be shooing that cat away <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're going to take a a quick break on the podcast here. I know you're probably wondering what a break, but... uh, It's a word from our sponsors. But we got to get a word from our sponsors, so... Everybody, we're going to be down at the YFCA at 8.40 on Monday. We're going to play a big game ball. We're going to make it funny, funny, funny. We're going to make it happen. We're going to make it a busy piece of piss. All right, and we're I gotta buy me one of those. You, you should get a couple I, of them. I got, They're I, our sponsor. I know, I know. I was hoping they would give it to us for free, but I'm gonna have to buy one now. Right, it sounds good. Well, if you talk it up enough, they might just send you one. You should buy stuff like that. That <laughs> stuff's great. I have two. <laughs> I think one of the cards in the oblique strategies was take take the vague and make it detailed or something, something like that. Did I already say that? Um, so we were doing a scene at a bus stop. On a uh, bus. On a bus. On a bus. Yeah, right, on a bus. And he was asking me where it stopped. And we weren't being great improvisers. <laughs> no, we were Because <laughs> I was saying like, oh, yeah, we go down. I was behind the curtain and he was on stage. He's like, oh, welcome to the bus. I'm like... Okie dokie, I'm on a bus now. <laughs> but that, that's one example of those cards being great. It saved the scene because right. it said, like, take the vague and make it detailed or, or like, bask in detail or right. something. So then he, he said, uh, you know, I got to go to the dentist. And I was like, oh, do you mean the dentist on 4th and Broadway on the third floor of the Merrill Lynch building? He's <laughs> like, yeah. You Dr. Gondelman. <laughs> specializes in orthodontia. Not that Levine guy. He's in the next office. I had a bad experience with him. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Was so. this in your cage match? That was on Sunday, yesterday. It was uh, a lot so. more a lot uh, more free-flowing on Sunday than the cage match. Well, I we think. knew we had yeah. 22 minutes to play with, so... And we did. Yeah, we you really, didn't. you want to get real obscure and cerebral with your 10-minute set in the cage match. <laughs> right. With <laughs> chalk, audience chock full of people who have never seen improv before. <laughs> And never seen this. <laughs> yeah, it's an audience full of uh, co-workers and family members. Well, our problem was the we gave out the cards because we wanted the audience to be involved. But they, so when we point to somebody, say, okay, give us one, they'd be like, oh, make it make it dirty. And you're like. This was at the, the, at the, cage, <laughs> at the match. cage match, yeah. And, and so 
we could barely hear it on stage, which meant no one else could hear it. So we ended up repeating it, so, which broke character before we got back into scene. Or worse, just... sometimes we didn't repeat it, and then we changed the scene based on that suggestion that no one in the audience heard. Any idea what was going <laughs> so on, right? We just, it's like, like what the these hell? These are the just... worst improvisers ever. <laughs> they forgot what the scene was about. <laughs> so on uh, Sunday, we made them practice. Ahead of time, we said, say one loud and proud for you, for example, pointed to Dave Stern. And he said it and we're like, that was kind of loud. How about louder? And so that sort of helped. Plus, again, Mm -hmm. we knew a lot of the people and a lot of them were actual performers, too. So it helped that they were uh, very gung-ho to make noise for us. Yeah, Cage Match is a very unique experience. And I I love doing that show, but uh, it can be difficult sometimes. If your if your team you know has a run or whatever, and a, a popular team comes in, or a team with a lot of friends comes in, right. and they pack the audience, and then everyone is just there to see their friends, and they're sitting through your set in order to get just to their waiting. friends. Right. You <laughs> really like have to bring it. It's to, like you're playing yeah. to a bunch of cardboard boxes. It's uh, it can be tough, but also a lot of fun. Yeah, I enjoy it. You know, who knows it will be asked back, but uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Or, uh, so were you good. able to see the other team set? No. No, we could hear them getting constant laughs. That's that's the tough part is when <laughs> yeah. it sells out and you just have to sit down in the green room and listen to the laughs through the floor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, we, uh, we've learned. We uh, Disco Basement went up against um, Brian Donnelly and Jack McNamara as a two-man team a few months ago. And uh, we were just down in the, the basement listening to all the laughs coming through the floor. <laughs> and um, we went up. They they won, of course. And uh, later on, I pulled the host aside and I asked what the vote count was. And we had gotten two votes out of the entire audience. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> it was a 38 to 2 spread. Yeah, that might have been ours on as well <laughs> that that would have been rough if, yeah we probably shouldn't have asked but yeah yeah if, we, had, we had a decent amount of people in the yeah, I, I, actually i had friends of a friend like well it's my wife's friend their friends there were like three or four people that i had known i'd met at a birthday party whatever and they were in the audience and like waving like hi hi and i'm now I, I don't i have no way to actually thank them for coming unless i'm right. going to play telephone you know it's like tell my wife to so if you could say to megan that if she could pass my thanks over to those people that came and um who i think i remember their names but i'd hate to be wrong about that just tell so. them to go on the chico forums uh <laughs> yeah the nice thing about the the cage match format is they give you the ballot and you it's got challenger and um champion on it you tear it in half and put one half mm-hmm. in the ballot box yeah so you got the other half and that's your your friend receipt right there yep oh so yeah so hey, to go, i took care of it for you you have to make sure they actually voted for you well we took we told about the story about the first cage match we did like a month ago and we lost by one vote we oh. announced during the thing and my yeah. wife had decided at the last minute not to come Yep, I was there. I was, oh, you uh, were there, yep. right? And and so you know, I figured I could use that. And I'm like, we lost by one vote because you didn't come. <laughs> and her response was, you know, you know, you might have lost by two votes. <laughs> I was like, okay, good point. Damn, thought I had something to use. Nope. So sometimes we talk about. Um, I talk with Russ uh, at work because we work at the same place um, about like all the weird. We're like. We basically never practice any like established improv forms. We're always sort of messing around with it, which, um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> meaning Chico. Um, and he says that at Disco Basement, you guys are sort of constantly doing that kind of stuff too. Uh, we're always we're we usually have a form that we're working on, but uh, when we practice, we we do some kind of off the wall stuff. Um, we're lucky enough to to work with with Bobby Smithney and Shannon Connolly, who are both yeah. extremely talented. Yeah, definitely. And um, who are both great at coming up with exercises that kind of stretch the muscles that we need to stretch. Um, trying to think of uh, a couple we've done in the, the recent past. Uh, Bobby's been, been real big on layering character traits. So uh, we did one where you had it was a two-person scene, and you, as a, a 
character in the scene could not do anything until a third person who was outside the scene had given you a way to do it. Hmm. So you couldn't move until they told you how you move. Okay. So if you two are in a scene and you can't, you can't say anything until I tell you how you talk. So you talk with a British accent. You talk hmm. like you're breathing helium. You can't move until I tell you that you move like a man made of wet spaghetti and you have feet that weigh a thousand pounds. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's that reminds me of um, sort of the concept of over-initiating scenes, you know, where you don't feel, you shouldn't feel weird adding a, a little too much, a, a little more detail than a normal person would when you're initiating a scene. So, right. hey, brother, nice to see you in this church. <laughs> Which is, of course, is how people talk all the time. <laughs> I do, too. That's the way I do it, but, you know. There was... Uh, Wow. Just to my black friends. The Del Close Marathon Tumblr or something. Someone had put like the ways to tell if you're uh, obsessed with improv. And one of them was like, you are constantly referring to fake family members on stage <laughs> in ways you would never relation. refer to yeah. your actual relatives. I know my, whenever my dad says something to me, he'll go, as your father, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I know you were both. And you were I both also, at the jam this past week, right? Yeah, Where we did the. Um, yeah, the the you pull character traits out of a hat. So oh, Mike, right, yep. Mike yeah. and I both went to the jam that uh, Russ and Tim hosted. So this is a Thursday long form jam, and usually the hosts or the hosts have someone with them that sort of creates the the twist on the night. Mm -hmm. And so on Thursday it was Thursday, right? Yes. Yeah. I've just I've said it like a hundred times this podcast and I just <laughs> forgot it. Um, it was you pick two traits out of a hat, which uh, afterwards when we went to the field, which is the bar down the street, um, I, I my thought was, and some people agreed that it made everyone feel like they were doing horrible and everyone else thought they were doing amazing. It was this weird because you could tell like people were trying very right. very hard. So I. I had like always be moving and fall asleep uh, and fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently people thought that was hilarious, but I was like, I don't know how to do it. Yeah, uh, I mean, it gets you out of your head. Yeah. You, you have to do these two things. And, and some of them were complimentary. The so they time. worked like uh, the, 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 the one I was, uh, you're filled with helium and you use pet names for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so that was fine. And so I made myself, I stuck myself up by the ceiling and, and sort of went from there. And the pet names, the next, the next two that I pulled out, which I didn't get to use because I was kind of stuck, was like, you're the most American person in the world <laughs> and you're a high, you act like a high school guidance counselor. And I'm like, <laughs> how am I? <laughs> and just sort of synthesi synthesi yeah. synthesizing those. It was fun. Like those it was fun. fun. Brain yeah. burner. Like, oh, how do I put those together? And I was on the side. I'm like, oh. And then I think Ken Bree said something. Well, just shoot me. And I was like, oh, wait, that's my cue. I'm the most American person in the world. And I'm like, <laughs> but how do I put that in with the? And then it was gone. You know. Yep. Um, uh, we were. We had a huge, huge stack of index cards that just had character traits on them. And before the show, we were sitting at the field and going through the stack and coming up with combinations we hoped we would see. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I didn't get to see it, but I was really, really hoping there was one that was, you are wearing a full suit of armor and there was another <laughs> one, you are a duck. <laughs> and I just wanted to see this scene of a duck wearing a suit of armor. It never happened though. Um, there were a lot of accents in there and I think at least, at least at one point somebody got two accents at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That was good. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the thing. It was, it was like as another improviser watching the person try and do it and knowing having read the cards like what they were doing it was amazing but what? as the person on stage was like you're like, you're like i suck at this. <laughs> <laughs> like, what kind of character development do i have here i'm not having a relationship i'm stuck in my yeah. head it was it was fun be well i guess it's in a way it sort of went against the don't think philosophy but right. Because you had to constantly think, but it was fun to like have to. It's like I'm on stage. I have to be talking right now. Right. I I'm a character. There's one other character. He said the thing he's gonna say. I have to talk right now. But <laughs> but I'm I have to talk like an Australian. Trying to get through <laughs> these two things and meld them into one impossible creature. 
it was a lot of fun from my perspective because I just basically got to pimp a hundred people into doing <laughs> That's exactly what it was. <laughs> really, really hard stuff. And after the first group, I realized I'm like, stop thinking about this as a long form. Like, this is just a long, short form game, and have some fun with it. You know, just <laughs> whatever you get, just go with and and do that. Right. You know, don't try to build a whole world necessarily. Two and it was people got tongue. Your tongue is too big for your mouth, and desperately tried not to sound like, <laughs> like deaf or making fun of mental Annie, handicap. Annie people. was hysterical. <laughs> she was so funny. She told her like this, and she, I'm not deaf with this, but it's just my tongue. And she, apologized she, she broke character times. in the middle of the scene and I was, apologized. I was for in the, the scene sang. with her, and she was like doing asides to me, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my go-to accents, meanwhile. You know, I love that. I, we, we were trying to convey with that was like your tongue is always sticking out of your mouth. But uh, she took it as like your tongue is swollen. Both people yeah. that did yeah. it did, this, did that. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. That was, uh, what are you doing this Thursday? It's a good question. Mm. We're, we're still uh, still trying to come up with something. We have a couple ideas in the fire, but none of them are really coming together just yet. But Look at the Chico improv.com tumblr we've got lots of fun things we haven't tr- got yet to try can i there. can i borrow those brian eno cards for a couple of sure, days sure yeah, <laughs> yeah we're gonna spread that just just call it the chico and you'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah if anyone has any ideas of what to call a brian eno based form um how about enough already uh, oh. enough is enough <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a name of a, another band, a musical group? Probably. Enough is enough. I think. <laughs> right? Sure. Yes. And I'm afraid I have to all say their albums. Anything else I think about them because, <laughs> because in my head, you know, yeah. means no. <laughs> it's all very negative, though. <laughs> uh, Eno means yes. There you go. Better. Did you know Brian Eno wrote the Windows songs? The, the like windows, the songs? boot up noise, yep. and the oh, the shutdown. Doon, 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 yeah. Oh no, I did not know that. Actually, you should add that to your intro when we're discussing it, as opposed to just 1970s avant-garde musician, right? And composer, and composer of, of the, the windows startup start-up. and shutdown <laughs> noises. And Although, people, people will think you're kidding, but I don't think he did Windows Seven or Eight, uh, which sounds. You can tell the stylistic break. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty pronounced. There's a really good article. I think it was an Atlantic article um, years ago about micro compositions and all of these sort of uh, mid tier, so to speak. Uh, they have their <laughs> cards. Cite an Atlantic article from years ago. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but these all composers these composers have their mid tier cards. I was, I was reading they Delta Airlines them. magazine <laughs> sometime in 1989. Pan Am magazine. It's Pan like Am Traveler. Thomas Dolby. Um, I think wrote the Intel noise, and then the guy. um, That's three notes. Yeah, and the guy. Someone got to write it. This a guy from a band that I really like. Can you really say you wrote something? (laughs) This is like you just like slap your hand down on a piano and be like, "There you go." So I'll get to the the best one, which is uh, yeah. Um, But so the guy that wrote the um, Yahoo song, the Yahoo. That's it. The yep. Yahoo series. Um, he was one of my favorite, like unknown musicians. This guy, uh, I forget his name, but his band is called Self, and it's just him. Super unknown. Um, he did an entire album of kids' toys that he turned into songs, uh, like the kids' <laughs> pianos and stuff like that. Uh, but did it in like a techno way. It's it's really good. Um, but the guy that did the uh, THX noise wasn't really a musician. I I believe. I, I might be forgetting my Atlantic magazine <laughs> knowledge, <laughs> but he had created, he wrote a program that created a harmonic cascade, you know, that yeah. thing that happens and everyone loved one of them. But what it did was randomly create harmonic cascade things <laughs> and, and he, he couldn't get it back. <laughs> right. He lost it. <laughs> so then he had to just generate like hundreds of them until someone said, yeah, that sounds kind of like that. It's like a twilight zone plot. (laughs) Uh. I also think it was the plot of a tenacious D song. Was the THX song? No, you wrote the best song in the world. Oh yeah. Can't remember it. Play the best song in the world. This is not the best song in the world. Yeah. Tribute. (laughs) 
And uh, for the uh, the very close listeners in our audience, they will, of course, find the TX, uh, THX sound in our closing logo today. So pay attention to that. Right. And it's actually constant. It's been playing slowly since we <laughs> the started the, the episode. You might have thought we were having whales here, but no. It cost $30,000 to license that. So Ooh. enjoy, mm. listeners. Okay. It... Ours will, well be, ours, will be, <laughs> ours will be slightly different. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to take another commercial break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to learn the dark secrets of Tim Hannafin. Mm. We'll learn... It's a lot of them. <laughs> his uh, favorite mayonnaise recipe. Sure. Um, Very important. Favorite laser disc. Favorite <laughs> and uh, favorite mid-tier... <laughs> magazine that is not uh, the Atlantic or Delta. Right. Yeah, let's well, favorite intercontinental magazine. Boom, boom, boom. All right. Hi there, Ephraim Ginsley here. Are you tired of all the muss and fuss of modern society? I am as well. I wish that we could go back to a sampler time. When people knew who they were, who their neighbors were, which aliens had landed on the pyramids in order to kill the dinosaurs and erase their existence from cohabitation with humans. All of these things they don't want us to know, and it was simpler then, I think. Hi, I'm Ephraim Ginsley, and I'm saying these words again. I just can't stop saying them. (laughs) There's blood coming out of my nose and I can't see very well. Maribel, pass me my pills. I don't feel so good. Alright. Thank you very much, listeners. I'll return you to your programming. Chicken feathers. And we're back. Are we recording? Uh, Egg whites and vinegar, Empire Strikes Back, and Newsweek. All right. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, (laughs) I am not buying those products. I do not want those products. So. Ah, uh, I forgot I said that. <laughs> the, it was a pretty lengthy break. I Everybody yeah. needs to rewind before yeah. the commercials. I should I should explain we did uh, enter into a black hole somewhere during the commercial Some break. Sort of and temporal disturbance. Seven days have passed for well, it was, us. It was like a Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure thing where we we weren't very good when we went on break and then we traveled through time and practiced a whole like years worth and now we're back. With we're back. Beards, and, right? And babies and papooses. And we're. So so good. Way to go wild, so crazy. Wild, wild stallions. stallions. <laughs> <laughs> Rufus. You may be a judge or a street sweeper, but sooner or later you, <laughs> you meet with the reaper. reaper. You dance with the reaper or dance. Meet, meet with the reaper? Well, that was the second one. That wasn't that was nearly as good. I love that with Robo uh, Bill and Ted. No, evil, evil Bill and Ted. Evil and then, wasn't Ted. there a Robo Bill and yeah, Ted? There yeah, were, the evil ones were robots, but then they built oh, their own okay. robot Bill and Ted's to <laughs> defeat the evil robot Bill and Ted's, and they had um, Station. 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 <laughs> and they they go to heaven and they meet God, who is uh, no, not Alanis Morissette. It's a different movie. <laughs> yeah. that would be dogma, but yeah, might as well be. Uh, and it's not. Um, isn't George Carlin God in a different movie? I don't know. I might be getting that wrong, but he's Rufus. He's actually God in in, in real, real life. life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I never got that. I've listened to his stand-up stuff, and no, he's I the just... Almighty. Mm. Yeah, he's. Have you heard the remix of uh, it's it's him and Bill Hicks that somebody put to music? Yes, if you the can big find electron. This, check it out because there's also they've done a bunch of science speeches yep. the same way. It's really cool. It's really are they the ones mashup. who did the um the uh, um nope not them. <laughs> not them nope yeah. nope they didn't do that nope Carl Sagan yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. That yes one. they did I was trying to think of. Carl Sagan they did a really cool one with um uh, Richard Dawkins uh probably every 
sciencey atheisty dude. Um, but, but the big we, electron is really cool. It's a very good song. Yeah, check check them all out, very people. Touchy. I have no idea who it is. Don't remember. It's on my phone somewhere. Yeah, I oh, think we've moved um, too far past it. But I was going to say the, Symphony the sh- of Science. I think is the name. Of it. Yes, yeah, that is. I think that is the name of it. Science. The Shining Time Station, which is, is one of the weirdest casting things ever. You know, Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah. Well, oh, sure. The, oh, yeah, George was... George Carlin was the also Ringo Starr. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what was going on there. <laughs> like, if he just did too much coke and he had to take a break, then he got to be on Shining it's Community Times Service. to be the conductor for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> if you're too drunk to drive, take a train with a face on it. <laughs> I have a nice conversation. I never, yeah. I would like to see like a Thomas the Tank Engine series, but based on the, the MBTA. <laughs> so it's just a red line train <laughs> reacting to a homeless man peeing on it. <laughs> NSFW. <laughs> for, I thought you were, for some reason, going to say a Christopher Nolan sort of uh, <laughs> reboot. <laughs> Thomas has a dark past. <laughs> Same damn tracks every day. <laughs> clickety-clack, clickety-clack, clickety-clack. Sir Toppin' Matt. Shut the fuck up. Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito is Sir Toppin' Matt. <laughs> It's all about the coal. <laughs> Keep shoveling it in, man. <laughs> Don't ever stop. That's Tom Waits. Is, playing, playing. <laughs> is, is he Thomas? Yeah. <laughs> I've been rolling down these tracks for hours. The engine has been drinking. <laughs> He's waiting at the turnstile. <laughs> Come on, tracks. <laughs> Take me nowhere. He's Tom Waits. For a delayed red line train. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be good to have him do the announcements, if nothing else. Oh, man. it's uh, Who was it? Um, Roger Ebert said that uh, he could listen to Robert Redford read the phone book, which I probably would agree with. Yeah. If he were but naked. Tom Waits. You know, like Robert <laughs> Redford has a, a wonderful voice. It's like, it's soothing. But yeah, I'd r- rather hear like Emo Phillips or Tom <laughs> Waits. Rick, stop. Park Street. Stand clear of the closing doors. The train will be delayed. <laughs> we apologize for the inconvenience. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> boom, boom. Stand behind the yellow line, please. I saw him do his stand-up act, and he's another person that doesn't break character. Like, afterwards, <laughs> you go to shake his hand, or he's sitting at a table. I don't know why. I just stood in line, because it was like, <laughs> there's a line. There's a line. Might as well stand There's a it. line to meet Emo Phillips. I didn't actually want him to sign anything, or I had nothing to say to him. It was like, if if it hadn't been after a, a stand-up show, I would have stood in that line anywhere on Earth. <laughs> I stand in this line and be in front of Emo Phillips and try and say something. So I just said, hi. He said, hi. <laughs> that, was, that was it. And then you walked away. And went, yeah. Great. Well, how, how long was well, that Well, now line? I can die. It was like 25 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, wouldn't you? I was... <laughs> Can't say I wouldn't. I'm not doing anything good with my time. <laughs> so I've got something great for you to do with your time. You can... Wait <laughs> and say hi to Emo Phillips. Yeah. All right. 25 right. minutes closer to death, but I got to say hi to Emo Phillips. Check. Uh, I quite a bucket list. I saw Gallagher once, too, and I, I had a brilliant idea that he thought, I thought he was going to find very funny, which was <laughs> I bought a, plaque of, a pack of playing cards, and I was going to ask him to sign all the playing cards. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh, if you've listened to this... And somehow he didn't find that... <laughs> what? I mean, I thought he'd have like a funny retort, but uh, if if you've listened to the WTF when he was on, he's just like pissed <laughs> off at Mark Marin. Um, he's like, no, he, yeah, right. So, are I, we supposed I, to be mentioning other podcasts oh on our podcast? Yeah, don't listen. I this just, is isn't it like a podcast know, brotherhood. You just, like, we're all banded together. We're, I don't yeah, know but I'm just it's like, like the Game of Thrones. Like we're oh, there can be only one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the game of Highlander Thrones. Of yes. <laughs> Winter is coming. Yeah, oh, I, game of Thrones where you have to go eighty eight miles per hour. Yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> Otherwise, Sean Bean loses his head. <laughs> it disappears from the Polaroid photograph. <laughs> It'd be Sean Bond or Scene Bean. I don't know. That just annoys me that he did that. Maybe what, named himself me. that? Yeah. Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know if that's his real name. I don't know. Maybe it is. But should it not be pronounced the same? Sean Bond or Scene Bean or not Sean Bean. That doesn't make any sense. Right, Obama? Come on. <laughs> we need legislation on this, this kind of stuff. He's, He's done it again. <laughs> <laughs> Fucked America. First, he killed all our old people. And, and now then he, he killed Ned Stark. <laughs> <laughs> Gave him a weird name. <laughs> um, anyway, long story short. Or Too late. Story, a story <laughs> ended. Uh, so what did Gallagher have to say? He said, no, I'm not fucking doing that. <laughs> oh man a master of the witty retort <laughs> and that was that <laughs> were you surprised at all at, at that was that were you taken aback by it that was, uh, this I guy f- like smashes watermelons for a living and makes a lot more money than we do has been tremendously more successful than we have been all right i'm just saying smashes watermelons he doesn't have time at the revere musical circus or whatever the hell that place is called he played yes, up, the musical it, It's like a poor man's Cirque du Soleil. He played <laughs> upstairs from skee-ball machines that were still skee-balling while the show was going on. So. I wonder if he got um, paid in tickets. <laughs> <laughs> or like instead of the free beer you get when you're doing a gig, you got free tokens. Can I have uh, 12,000 spider rings, please? <laughs> I'll take all the Tootsie Rolls you have. I have to eat tonight. <laughs> and he was pissed off because he got his mid-tier card on the way out. <laughs> uh, All right, so what do, what does Disco Basement have in store? What does Tim Hannafin have coming up? Um, Disco Basement is performing in Studio 40 on Friday doing our uh, signature Wikiprov format, which I believe you learned all about last week. We did. We did. And it sounds really fun. Yeah. So. Uh, I personally am. You hate it. You hate it, don't you? <laughs> no, I I love just, it. No, come on. That's all. You can watch him slowly fall apart. On <laughs> we uh, we just um, performed it in the the Providence oh, yeah, Festival this past weekend. That was a lot of fun. Um, I had never been to Providence before. Uh, I'm not sure if huh. you you want to hear more about the improv yeah, or about my definitely. opinions of yeah. the city of Providence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, that was that was an either or. You can't, can't have both. Um, we uh, no, it was a, a ton of fun. Um, it was our second festival as a group. We had done Toronto uh, in the fall of last year. Um, this one, this one, I think everyone would agree with me that this one went uh, a lot smoother. Um, I think we've we've done a lot of practicing as a group. We've really come together. Did you do Wikiprov there? Uh, we did. Um, we had a great audience. The space was a lot of fun. It's uh, it was different, oh, very different from IB. It's um, is it in the cultural center or where is it? Oh, it yeah. was. We performed in the theater that's on Empire Street that I forget the actual name of, but uh, it's like a standard black box theater. It's probably called the Empire Theater. Or yeah, probably. <laughs> Let's go with that. Um, black box empire theater but the really fun thing was they had so it was a black box theater so instead of a stage you were just at floor level with the audience yeah but uh behind the kind of performance area there was a platform that was raised up probably about two and a half to three feet it was about three feet deep so you could do two level scenes like you could hop up there and be three feet above whoever was on stage below you not cool yeah so there was a lot of puppeteering and uh ship captaining and balance beam work being done on top of that something i miss about the old improv boston is it used to have uh trap doors it had trap doors like behind all the seats and then in the box office so if you pretended to leave you could appear back on the other side of the stage again if you pretended to walk out of the theater completely there are all these trap doors everywhere and then ladders to get up into the dj booth (laughs) which was like 12 feet above the audience one of my dreams as a performer is to someday appear on stage out of a trap door, but with like a, like as an entrance. So uh-huh. like, like a puff of smoke. So yeah, I have, I have this idea that the lights would go out 
And then like, uh, I don't know, ACDC's Thunderstruck would start playing and then the, the stage would just fill with fog and um, I would raise up out of the floor of the stage just like in a crouch position, <laughs> like like the Terminator appears at the beginning of Terminator. Uh, Maybe there'd be lasers. I, I took my cousin to see NSYNC, um, probably when they were at the peak of their fame. I'm sure it's probably exactly like that. Uh and, and they, you were reading the Atlantic during the they current, all, <laughs> during they all appeared out of nowhere, but it was um it was on like a hydraulic lift kind of thing. So for all the girls, all the like fourteen year old and less girls in the audience, which is a sound I do not wish upon my worst <laughs> enemy, um, it probably looked majestic. But as someone that was there for ironic reasons <laughs> and potential comedy mining, quote unquote, uh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, you yeah. Can claim it and wank bank, uh, <laughs> uh, I could see that it was like that weird thing that like a a lineman outside on the street that's working on electric things. When you see them go up, it's like kind of bumpy and it's jumping <laughs> all over the place. So. I would, if I was a member of NSYNC, I would have been scared that that thing was just going to drop me because it, it lifted them like 25 feet over, over the audience. That well, or like suddenly fire at full speed. Right. Launch <laughs> them into the atmosphere. Shoot, shoot, no, shoot them into a group of screaming 14-year-olds. <laughs> just tear them apart. The, uh, shoot them into space and then be geo-insynchronous orbit. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> We're done. All right, so uh, remind me to tell you someday about Cirque du Soleil's 80-ton rotating and levitating stage, but not today. Um, All right, so you've got the jam, Disco Basement Studio 40. You just did uh, Providence Improv Fest. Mm -hmm. You guys are top of your game now. You guys are moving well. uh, Yeah, we're we're really happy with with the way things are going. Uh, Studio 40 has been a lot of fun. Um, It's our first time having sort of a regular slot as a group. Uh, we've, we've done two, two and a half shows so far. Um, the first week was kind of a abbreviated set, but, mm. uh, I think, uh, our first show went pretty well. Our second show went really well. So hopefully we can continue on that sort of trajectory. And by the end of it, we will be, uh, I don't know, international movie stars. Right. Or at least jump tears. Yeah. That's <laughs> really what... Like an Life electron, about. sort of. Yeah. Basically. I'm hoping to get our uh, our upper middle tier <laughs> card by the end of things. Uh, what do we we've? Oh, we have a Harmondo. We have Harmondo coming on up, Wednesday. Yeah. So Harmondo. Oh, uh, wait. So I'm gonna release this after the Harmondo on Wednesday. That's so. okay. So it went great. It was so it much really fun. It was awesome. We've all got signed big contracts. Karaoke contracts. I might try and get it up beforehand, Thank like goodness. during the day. So the uh, we've talked about this, I think, on the first one. Um, uh, uh, so there's a form called the Armando, which is monologue that mm-hmm. inspires scenes, which usually comes back to another monologue into scenes again. Not unlike the ASCAT format, um, a little different, but it, it sort of goes from there. So I found that other, if you don't have a really good monologist, the monologues can be boring, um, the, the, or not boring, but the less entertaining part of the show. And so uh, we decided that there's this huge, if you picture a Venn diagram, there's this huge overlap between improv performers and karaoke performers. And so we decided we would just replace the monologues with karaoke songs. Um, sung live on stage. They don't know what songs are coming up. They're going to have to just sing. And they'll take their inspiration from those songs to run a bunch of scenes. We'll go back to songs, scenes, songs, scenes, and then big giant finale uh, is the uh, concept behind it. So we've got some really good performers uh, who have committed to play with us uh, on the 17th, July 17th, which is when the first, and different performers on the 31st, also some good ones. So I think it'll be a nice raucous kind of house. It's going to be jam style. Just, you know, we want people to have a lot of fun and just make a lot of noise. And I think the audience at the end will applaud greatly simply because they'll be applauding themselves, which, you know, everyone likes to do. Couldn't hurt. Right. Right. So we, we had a rehearsal, which is why I missed the first time we were supposed to be doing this podcast. Um, and it went really well. Um, we worked out a few kinks. There were a few a few uh, issues that we had uh, still open. I think they're all done, and we're going to find out on Wednesday 
night, and we will talk about it on episode four of Chico Podcast. Yeah. And if it works really well, we'll, you know, we definitely have another show on the 31st. If it works really well, we'll get some more. Uh, ideally for this, um, and this goes to aspirations where, where we'd like to go, I'd like this to be a night. I would like to be a Harmondo night, a 75-minute show, 90-minute show, where it's audience members signing up, singing the songs, and improv people singing back up, basically, and then doing scenes. Well, like we saw with that. the Oblique Strategies, I mean, uh, and I, it's probably pretty common knowledge, like right. the audience loves trying to fuck with the performers right. basically and, and feeling like they they have some power over right um, safe engagement making in, you right it's like go ahead try and do something based on this and then being impressed with how you do it right all the time 100 percent of the time they never are impressed yes with what you do it's always great when you get to yell out dick sandwich and watch somebody <laughs> actually make some kind of art out of it it's one of the few places. It's you one can, of my favorite songs, by the way. <laughs> it's one of those places, one of the few places it's acceptable to actually yell out Dick Sandwich from the audience. <laughs> Tried that church once. It didn't go over so well. We actually got uh, Pineapple the other day. I'm like, oh, who'd have thought, right? Just a bunch of improv people in the, in the audience. Pineapple, for, for people listening, is one of the more frequent suggestions if you ask for anything. Spatula also. Spatula pops up a lot, too, yeah. yeah. That's to bring back emo phillips i think right now he i mean he's in uhf and they and have they have the spatula, spatula city, city but i'm not sure they ever cross cross streams there's to bring up venn diagrams again there's a venn diagram that includes the two of them yeah you could you could draw a venn diagram of things in, things UHF, in uhf and then and it's emo phillips and spatula city would be yeah. both sub circles of that. and if you draw a big enough one everything ends up in a snow globe with an autistic child and then Citizen Kane drops it. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, new heart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This has been there you the go. Chico Podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, check Keep us out. Keep those letters coming. At chicoimprov.tumblr.com. Chico Improv on uh, Twitter. At Chico Improv. At Chico Improv. ChicoImprov.com. Do, do you have an at thing? I, I have an at thing at Twitter. Twitter.com at Twitter.com uh, at, 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 at... You're, you're, really? you're you, the you, Twitter. You are Twitter. I, I am Twitter. Uh, no, it's it's at Tim Hannafin. At Tim Hannafin. H-A-N-N-I-F-I-N. H-A-N-N-A-F-I-N. I tried to do that. Funny thing is you both spelled it wrong. I'm sure it's in the description of whatever this is. On. Yeah, check yeah. it out in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, Liner notes. Yeah, speaking of which, uh, sorry, Libsyn, but I absolutely hate dealing with your interface, so um, I'm trying to make that work <laughs> uh, without putting 5 meg images into the RSS feed and things like that. But uh, if you've seen some horrible to load uh, podcast things, they should be gone now. You, much like Gallagher, have said, fuck you, I'm not doing this. <laughs> yes, I'm out of here. <laughs> that didn't make oh, enough noise. Oh, he smashed noise. the microphone no, with a giant hammer. <laughs> you did break your I microphone. I made the... Uh, oh, boy. Uh-oh. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, I was hoping it made like, a thump noise. Chico. Yeah, mouth noises. Awesome. They love those. Rico.